It's another week of Surviving Creativity, the show where we talk about becoming your own boss, following your dreams, and hopefully surviving the process. Thank you so much for joining us every week. This show is made possible by listeners like you. If it weren't for you, we would not be able to produce this show. Thank you, thank you. If you've listened before, if you like what you hear, head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and please consider becoming a patron. We're easier to listen to than ever before because you can now find us on iTunes. Just search Surviving Creativity, subscribe to the podcast, it'll automatically update you anytime we've got a new episode. I'm one of your co-hosts, Corey Cassoni, and I'm joined every week with creators Scott Kurtz and Brad Geiger as we talk about new media and business and creativity in the new environment. This week we are so fortunate to have with us our first guest who is back again, the one and only Mr. Jack Conti. You probably know him as one of the two creators in the band Pomplamoose, but today we're mostly going to be talking to him about his role as one of the founders of Patreon.com. As you're probably aware, Patreon just had their first round of Series A funding in which they made $15 million. We're going to be talking to Jack about what that means for Patreon, what it means for him as an individual creator, what it means for all of us as Patreon members and listeners. It's a really interesting episode. We know you're going to get a lot out of it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Surviving Creativity. Hi, Jack. Hi. Where? Where's the hijack? Yeah. Yeah. We have to open every show like that. <laughs> You're officially our most guested guest. Oh, yes. I like the as sound of, of that. As of now, you've, you've guested with us more than guests have guessed the guest. That is amazeballs. I'm, I'm I very would, proud of that accomplishment. I would have never I would guessed. never have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> something like that forget about it <laughs> sky mauled again uh, now well, mumble and, into the mic <laughs> oh, no and, one got my joke and Jack now. you're a <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh shit Jack, Jack you're in an echo chamber today because you're in the brand new Patreon offices I'm in oh, the brand cool. new Patreon office, and all of the walls are blank and uh, reflective. Yes. What? All new Patreon offices? Tell yes. me more. Tell us about the all new Patreon office. Um, well, we moved in here a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago maybe, and um, it's it's pretty exciting. It you know um, it's a shell right now. We hired some designers to come in and and you know uh, help us with furniture and stuff because I have no eye for that. So they're gonna make the office look nice. And in the meantime, we got 15 people upstairs. We we added our, our 15th person this week. Oh and, shit. wow. Yep. And we're we're you know, we're doing our thing. We're we're making Patreon. Well, let's just back up a little bit because I think to me personally, I nerd out on this shit. And I think that more people, uh, particularly our our uh, our younger creative types and keep in mind anytime we say younger on the show we don't mean age wise we just mean new to making stuff online um you guys went through a round of schedule a funding correct we did okay so uh for all you you folks out there this started originally with jack which is you and a friend of yours you created patreon and you built this thing and you put it out there and and at some point startup businesses often go through a phase of funding in which they go out and seek uh, uh, investors to put money into their products so that they can make a bigger, better thing. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your experiences with that? Because I think that's something that not a lot of people know about. Yeah. Uh, but that happens pretty, pretty regularly actually. Yeah. So, um, the basic idea is, you know, um, investors are interested in putting up money, um, in exchange for equity, you know, a, a percentage of the company, um, in the hopes that you know 
in a few years, the company will be worth more than it is now. And so that's what we do. We sell a percentage of the company um, for cash so that we can cover operating expenses and, uh, and grow the business. Um, so we did, a, we did a $15 million round of funding. We closed about a month and a half ago. Um, and, uh, or let's see, it was the end of June when we closed. So, uh, and the idea is, you know, we, now we have money in the bank and we can hire people and get an office and, you know, do cool programs to help creators and, you know, and, uh, pay to kind of make the company better and bigger and, and, uh, and reach more people. So that was, that's the, the point of the whole thing. It took about five months of time to raise the series A. It's, you know, pitch after pitch after pitch to different investors. And um, it's actually, uh, it's a very difficult, time-consuming, draining, exciting process because you're giving up a piece of your baby. And um, for me, it, it has less to do with money and more to do with um, uh, relinquishing some control. And so some things that were really important to me you know, is I've just seen so many companies kind of grow and then forget where they started and then fuck over their users. And, um, and I just, I'm, I'm scared to death that that's going to happen to Patreon and I'm doing everything in my power to set up something now so that we don't kind of get to this point where we're all about the Benjamins and just making decisions to increase profit and screwing our users and it would be it's so easy to kind of start down that funnel and it starts like right now yeah. and um, I know that all sounds like really vague but um, it's it's all in these like little details and how many board seats are there and who's on the board and who has control and when the sure. shit hits the fan who gets to make decisions and who's being hired and why and what what does the company stand for and is everybody who's being hired you know, do, do they stand for that too? And there's like all these little questions that you have to like, when you raise this round of funding, you have to make sure that all that stuff is in place because it's really, really important to, to make sure everybody's on the same page for those kinds of decisions. Otherwise, before you know it, you're some platform that's, you know, that's charging your creators 10 bucks a month to use it. And, yeah. you know, and, and, or some shit like that, you know, and, and it, it's just, I just wanted to, as we were going through this round of funding, we just were very careful about making sure that everybody was on the same page and everybody was creator first and creator centric and, and understood the core value of the company. Wow. Yeah, otherwise, you lose you. everything that you were working towards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, part of me is like really sad that now I made this thing that wedges itself between artists and fan. Like the whole my whole thing, my whole life has been like deleting everyone in between me and my fans, you know, and trying to go for this direct relationship, something as clear as possible. And now I found myself CEO of a company that's wedging itself between artists and fan. And my, <laughs> and my, like my desire and hope is that that disappears. Like, well, that's want- really interesting. Why do you see it that way? Yeah, I, I view it totally differently as well. I think you're changing the mold. You're you're replacing the the funnel between artist and fan with something different. I mean, it's at some point when I sign up for a Patreon account and I say, "Hey, please visit my Patreon." That is me. Yep, it's you. Um, but but it's it's you. Okay, uh, look, I'm I don't mean to be dark on Patreon here. I, I believe in Patreon. <laughs> Like, no, you're convincing me. This is a piece of shit idea. <laughs> We're out. I'm out. I'm Thanks, just, Jack. I'm just trying to get everybody to to appreciate the gravity and the danger of this time and this situation because it's it's a very special time and it and it needs to be given care and respect. Um, you know, right now, yes, when you sign up for a Patreon page. Um, it's you and your fans. And that's because Patreon is 15 people and every single person in the company loves creators and wants to help creators. And it's very easy to do that when you're 15 people. Um, When you're 150 people and half those people are business development guys and, 
you know, people with 20 years of experience, you know, doing deals and relationships and CFOs and, you know, we're looking at revenue and, or it's a public company and you're reporting to shareholders, then it becomes a lot trickier. And so, so right now, yes, Patreon is relatively transparent, but like, you know, it's, it's a task to make sure that it remains transparent as the company grows. Like for you to feel like you have a direct relationship with your fans on Patreon, that's a lot of work. Like that's, for instance, okay, let me, uh, let me just give some really clear examples because I think that'll help paint the picture. Um, mm. Right now, as a creator on Patreon, you have access to all of your patrons' email addresses. When, you, when a patron signs up, we give the creator that email address. Um, that's very unusual. Most super, platforms, super unusual. Most platforms try to keep all relationships and interactions on the platform in an effort to build up their ecosystem so that it's a sticky, you know, uh, a, a sticky experience, and so they increase retention. So you can't bring people off platform, or if a competitor to Patreon comes up, there's no way to email your fans and tell them to use the right. They try to keep everything on platform. Oh, we I had give, never even thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We give, we give our creators all of the email addresses for all their patrons because that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. But like if you're on YouTube, you don't I don't have my subscribers' email addresses. On Facebook, I don't have the email addresses of the people who've liked my page. They're trying to keep people on platform. So like that's the kind of decision that's really good for creators because at the end of the day, if Patreon if Patreon fucks them, they can go somewhere else. And that's important. Like they have to be able to do that. Not that Patreon is ever gonna screw anybody, but but it's I, I want our asses to be on the line here. I want the power to be in the creator's hands. And that's the kind of decision that like, as we grow and get, get older and add more people to the company, everyone's got to be on board with that because some people are going to come in or we're not going to hire those people, but it would be possible to hire somebody who would come in and say, Hey, you know what? We can increase interactions on Patreon if we remove email addresses from the database. Mm-hmm. And that way, Every time someone wants to interact with their patrons, they have to do it on a platform. And then next month, you look at Patreon numbers and say, oh my gosh, our interactions doubled on site. Engagement is up by a factor of two. The platform is booming. And And meanwhile, for each individual creator, it's crummy, right? But for the platform, it's amazing. And so those little kinds of tweaks, you just have to be very cognizant of as you hire more and more people and as you grow and scale as a company. Anyway, I'm, I'm, that's a very specific example, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do. No, I, I actually think it's good that you gave that example. I was going to say, uh, when you were talking about... It's our stupid listeners that don't understand <laughs> this shit. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yes. But what, what I was... <laughs> Jeez, Brad. Okay, that got him. What I, I did get them. What I was going to say is that I think there's a disconnect between uh, a lot of people who are consumers, a lot of people who are new creators, and an understanding of how uh, this business stuff works. And, and what I mean is just it's just a, a, a lack of information. I mean, th- that, that kind of information that you just gave, Jack, is not the kind of thing, frankly, that businesses talk about. Yeah. You know, like when you have a board of directors, when you have shareholders, when you have funders – they're funding to see a return on their investment. They're funding because they believe in the product, but part of their belief in the product is that that product is going to turn a profit. Um, you know, they wouldn't have that kind of money to throw around to support projects like Patreon if they had not had successful funding ventures with other, you know, other products. They would probably not even be in the market to do funding at all unless they had done it before and done it successfully. So it definitely starts to build an interesting dilemma in which you know you want to do what's best for your platform you want to do what's best for your your creators and your fans but you those two things are often at a conflict of interest um i've seen it working in the corporate world many times that the the there's this disconnect where the fan particularly in video games i see it a lot where the fan will be like well why don't you guys just do fill in the blank with this game and it's like we're going to we want to yes yeah. But but you have to understand that in order to make that one minor change, there's like five meetings, three boardroom discussions, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a change of CEO happening at the same time. Like there's all this business related crap that's getting in the way. Um, and I, I think that that your example of email is such it's such a minor and perfect example. And 
not even to mention, I mean, Patreon is uh, pretty much US based right now or just North America. I mean, we accept international payments. I think 35% of our creators are overseas. Um, but, uh, but we, you know, it's mostly, it's mostly, you know, us because I know in, uh, Southeast Asia, there are some really strict government laws about email, about yeah. email addresses who can have access to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now you've got a platform that has to change depending on what country you're in. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's like uh, someone having direct access to emails like that. It's a, it's a, from a corporate standpoint, it's a liability concern. It's a privacy concern. Um, I mean, obviously, we don't feel that way, but we're a totally different generation of people, right? Like, we have grown up around the internet, or at least we've seen it. We've either been with the internet the whole time, or we've seen it spring up and grow into what it is now, where a lot of times the people who are the, you know, the board members and the CEOs and the funders, they they don't have that same level of access to the internet that we had. So it's a, it's a new and different thing to them. Yeah. Well, now, along those lines, because this is something that just, since we're at the beginning of the month, this is something that just uh, popped out at me. How did you guys land on Stripe to be the uh, company that you use to deliver payments from Patreon to the creator? And I'll tell you why I ask. Uh, I, I, I'm a, I've got a Patreon going, and I got my money. Everybody you know, got their credit cards charged. I've got X number of dollars in my account, and I'm set up for direct deposit, so I hit that little button. That says transfer it to my bank account. Stripe charges twenty five cents for the transaction, I believe. Yep. And then, uh, very politely, Patreon says, like every other site that I deal with for this, PayPal, uh, go down the list, Amazon payments, blah 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 blah. It says allow three or four business days for this transaction. And and since I started this a few months ago, every single time the money's in my bank account the next day. 24 hours tops. I haven't waited for longer than that. Now, you don't realize, uh, for, for a guy like me, that's really trying to put everything together. Having that money in my bank account, I, I, I hit the button on a PayPal transfer two days ago. I'm still waiting for it to hit my bank account. PayPal, yeah. or I'm sorry, Patreon, had me paid within 24 hours and I can use that money. Uh Number one, hi, thank you for that. Number two, how did you land on Stripe out of all of the different choices that you had? How did you land on Stripe, this company I never heard of before? Yeah, so, okay, I have a lot to say about that. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it all. I'm just going to say that... I'm just going to um, say, what's Stripe? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry. I don't know why I'm only providing comic relief today. <laughs> Oh, it works though. You're you're like our C3PO. It's awesome. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so okay, I'll I'll be I'll try to just make this quick. Uh, the, that kind of thing is um, is so important to us. We you know this this last two weeks we've had so many meetings about payments and um, and how to pay creators on time. And we're, we're revamping the entire payment system because every month on the 1st, we get uh, hundreds of customer service notes from creators saying, hey, when is the money coming? How long does it take? If it's someone who's in Brazil, there's an extra three days and they have to use PayPal and PayPal charges 2% to transfer the money, but then they, you know, they cap it at $20. So somebody in Brazil is actually maybe paying $20 to accept their money. Like there's all this crap. Now we're paying those fees right now because I can't bear uh, to have that fee go to a, a creator who's making $100 for their work. And then they have to pay $20 to receive their money. That's just like, it's just, uh, it's, it's insane. Actually, well, anyway, so, so th- th- there are, that's a very serious issue to us. We're taking it very seriously and uh, we're rebuilding payments right now to solve for some of it. With Stripe, how we landed on that, that's Sam. Sam is my co-founder. He, um, you know, he is the developer on the entire site and um, Stripe is a, is a payment processor built by uh, founders, by, by like startup guys. They, they are guys who were trying to build companies and every time they ran to, to the payments, uh, ran into payments. They had trouble and hated the way payments worked online. Um, and so they said, you know what, fuck it. We're going to stop building these other companies. We're going to build a payments processor company. Um, and they, they made a company 
that developers would want to use, <laughs> which is why Sam ended up using Stripe. Um, so because very similar those, to like the Square story, which was yes. similar to how Square came about. Very similar for Stripe. Yes, exactly. It's and, and that's and I think that's why those little things are great. Um, you know, like getting paid quickly and everything. Because Square really, um, uh, sorry, not Square. Stripe really appreciates those details, and so they make things really easy and clear for developers <clears throat> and for people using the platform. So I, I we love Stripe. They've been amazing. Um, and there are a lot of things about payments that we're trying to fix right now, particularly educating people around how payments work and when you get paid. Now, by the way, uh, you won't have to click a button to get paid anymore. Um, we're going to be paying everybody automatically, um, and you'll be able to check a box that will just say, hey, you know, get me paid as soon as I can get paid every month, and that way you don't have to log in. We just, we're going to run cards from the 1st to the 3rd, and then we're going to pay you on the 5th, and you should have your money every month by you know, the 5th or the 6th. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. I just want to back up a second, because I, I think I heard something that sounds crazy, and I just want to confirm it. Uh, you, I think you said that you were noticing that people in like Brazil get stuck with a $20 PayPal fee uh, to take out to, to transfer over like the hundred bucks they earned. And since you feel it's not right for some kid who's earning a hundred bucks to have to pay 20 of it to PayPal fees, you have decided as the company to pick up that fee. Well, it's our fault. We only have PayPal as the option right now to get paid and we need to find better ways to get paid. I mean, it, it, that, that's our fault that we're not giving them the software that they need to get paid with a cheaper fee. So until we have different tech that allows you to get paid without an exorbitant fee, we ha it's just unfair. I mean, then, then it's unfair to the person It's because it's the tech's fault. It's not their fault. It's the company's fault that we, don't, we haven't been working hard enough or we haven't found the right relationship or whatever it is to give you a better choice. And until we have a better choice that's a little bit more cheap and reasonable, then we're going to eat that fee. Wow. That's a huge move for any you're company in, to do that. You're insane. You're a crazy person. <laughs> you're nuts. As an investor in this company, <laughs> we're, I'm, we're gonna. We fight. want our millions back. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen the Star Trek episode A Mock Time? And pick up that. <laughs> would you please pick up that uh, stick with the axe on the end of it? <laughs> Brad, cue the music. Are you crazy? <laughs> That's nuts. It's a pretty welcome big move. to welcome to be the first company ever to have not just passed that fee on to the yeah. Well, you, and now here's a question for you: Do you think that that kind of thinking? I I know you want it to, but is that kind of thinking going to persist now that you have funding? Which brings me to my next question: Now that you've got funding, like how much control have you lost? Do you feel like you've lost any control? Do Do you feel like you still have a good handle on your company? Like, uh, you know, are you concerned? Yeah. So um, I can tell you legally um, and in practice, uh, Sam and I have 100% control of the company. So um, when we did this round of funding, it was a very competitive round. Um, Patreon experienced 10x growth in a period of five months. Um, in, in January, and we were continuing to grow like crazy. In, in January, we were processing $100,000 a month. And actually, I haven't said this stat to anybody yet. So you guys are going to be the first ones to hear this. Um, there we go. But, um, in, in January, we were doing 100K a month. Um, in August, we'll be processing a million dollars a month. That's fantastic. Wow. wow. So, so Wait, we, wait, wait, wait. Help the dumb guy understand it. That means you... Processing your own fees or just processing what everybody makes? So we'll be sending a million dollars to creators every month. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Um, Get so calculator, do some quick math, <laughs> figure, out, figure out what Patreon is earning. We, we're still losing money, right? We're not a profitable company. <laughs> you're still yeah. losing lots of money. Yeah. Uh, wow, but you're the, losing lots of money, but... <laughs> the, listen, uh, we want our spoiler, money back spoiler again. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> It's probably that 20 bucks you're... <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, wanna... the, the fees, the, the international fees, I think, tops uh, based on what they were last month. I think, you know, 
I think it'll be somewhere between five and ten thousand dollars for the company. Um, which again, until we offer our users a better option, I, it's just unfair for them to pay that five to ten thousand. So, um, but the reason I, I mentioned the growth is because there were a lot of people who wanted to get in on this round. We and and we had seventeen investors um, who were a part of the Series A. Um, so, so that, what that did for us is it gave us our choice, right? We got, to, we got to say, you know, who we wanted to be partners with. And that, that helped us just a lot in, in, fig, in putting together the round that we wanted with the terms that we wanted. So, for instance, Sam, there's only one board member. So it, the board is now three people. It's me and my co-founder and, and uh, Danny Reimer of Index Ventures. Um, and... Sam and I have 2x voting rights on the board. So even if we were to add two more board members, we still have 100% control of the board, Sam and I. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, we, we maintained control of the company despite giving up equity. Um, and that's really important. And will that kind of thinking persist? That's exactly like what we're trying to set up now. I think, you know, as we were... It was a debate, right? You can imagine the debate internally. Should we pay these fees? When and who and all that kind of... That's a huge debate, you know, because it's a we're taking a $10,000 loss potentially. But um, it's that kind of thinking and mentality, I think, that, that trickles down to the rest of the company. And then everybody sees that we're eating that fee and then they hear this podcast and they hear you guys talking about, you know, it's the only company in history to whatever. And, and then they feel proud to be part of the company. And then... And then before you know it, it's like everyone in the company is rallying behind it. And it's a point of like coolness for the company. And oh, yeah, yeah, I work at, right. you know, th- like that's what we're trying to build. That's it. You know, like it's that. And, that. and that's why we argue so hard for those little things. Because every time we go to bat for creators, it's a win internally. And it helps culture persist. It helps you feel cool for being part of the company that takes the hit, you know. Wow. It's a shame this will never be posted. So, <laughs> I'm trying to do my comic relief. Um, no, we need some comedy. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still. I'm still like in heavy mode. No, I love it. As you should be. I mean, this is busy. huge. It's really interesting because when you first started talking about it, um, at the very beginning of the podcast, and you were discussing, you know. I was really worried, you know, the the stress and everything about it. The first thing that came to my mind is, God, fifteen million, so big. Yeah. You know, like to go from, uh, well, I like music and my girlfriend likes music and we like making videos, and now it's like, all right, uh, is that is that what Pop Lewis is to you, Pop Lewis? <laughs> what? I, I like music. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. But I mean, like. For me, the first time, okay, so it's just it's I sh- and you know someone like someone like me who who creates online should understand it better, but it still seems really magical when you listen to Pomplamoose on the internet and you look at the videos and and it's uh, ostensibly a small number of people in the world that know about it, and then you're in a movie theater and a Hyundai commercial comes on and you're like oh oh, oh my god and you're just looking around and you're like there's Pomplamoose there's Pomplamoose. <laughs> That's that's Jack and Natalie. Look, look, look! Like that's huge. Yeah. That you guys were in a a Hyundai commercial, and it's like, oh yeah, the good old days when we were in Hyundai commercials. <laughs> now, like, how are you adjusting to that? Like, you just raised fifteen. Is it fifteen? I'm not really paying attention. Yeah, 15. <laughs> fifteen million dollars. Like, I mean, I know you're worried about the company staying you know, on track and all that, but, like, are you ever... How do you... How are you not overwhelmed by the enormity of it? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> did, did, did I say I wasn't overwhelmed? Did okay. I, <laughs> I did. I just... <laughs> You're just holding it together really well. No, I'm not. I'm holding it together on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it, it actually... It's, it's funny to think about $15 million because, you, you know, it sounds big and it sounds real and, you know, it's like, wow, $15 million. But I think what most people don't realize 
Um, and this, I hope this comes across the right way. Uh, you know, I just, I just turned 30, so I guess I'm not really a kid anymore. But I still feel like a kid, you know. Like I, I still was just on, you know, I just did some Hyundai commercials, and I'm trying to get brand deals for my band, and like I'm, you know, and I make records, and and then I did this round of funding, and then and then I checked my Wells Fargo bank account, and there's 15 million dollars in my Wells Fargo <laughs> bank account, right? And it's like I'm not, like I'm not sure people realize that. Like you go to online banking and you click sign in. And then you look at your account and it's $15 million oh. and it's your job to use $15 million to help creators get funding for their careers. That's my job. Right. And like, I can do anything I want to use that money. Anything. I can do anything. And it's anything? my job. To, it, anything. I mean, if it's, if some if it's, it's a huge, <laughs> <laughs> but like that, how, how, like that's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's so hard because it's not. There's no constraints here. Like for the first time in my life, like resources are not an issue. You know, like with, with Pomplamoose, like oh. we're always trying to figure out how to, like, you know, okay, how do we make this video for less than five hundred bucks? Like, the, just resources are have always been an issue for me, and now it's as if someone has been like, "Yo, resources aren't an issue. Help creators get paid for making beautiful things and putting them on the web. Do that." And you're like, and you're like. No problem. But first, we're going to the Lego store. <laughs> we are going to the Lego store. I am sorry, but the creators are just going to have to understand. As a creator, go to the Lego store. <laughs> Honestly, just it takes something like this to get the Death Star. <laughs> yes, it does. I've looked into the price. You need $15 million for that. Yeah. Like, this is your one chance, and I think everyone will be understanding. I mean, shit, you bought the Death Star on the 20 bucks you're eating for these fuckers. <laughs> Get the Death Star. But that is that has got to be daunting, because on one hand, it's 15 mil, and everybody says, oh my gosh, if I had 15 million, blah, blah, blah. But on the other hand, it, it, you've got to use it responsibly, because it, this is... After this 15 million, if you don't, there's not going to be another 15 million yeah, around exactly. the corner. You've if, got to do it if this responsibly. Doesn't go to the right places. If if the you know if the company doesn't grow, if the creators don't get paid, like you have so many more people to please. Now, not not to stress you out or anything, but <laughs> but between yeah. the funders and the fans and the creators no, and mean, your and yourself, look, it's a big step, and I would be I would be more worried about it if it wasn't. Jack at the helm. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm i joking about it, but um, from my point of view, like, it's in good hands. <laughs> like, it's going to be used well. Um, it's just interesting because it's interesting to see. It's a huge, these huge steps, these leaps. Um, we're not, I don't feel like we're ever prepared for them. No. No. Um, and uh, so, like. Uh, and we don't have to we don't we can edit this part out if you want to but like our company's going through it right like i get a i get a message from Corey, and he's like hey by the way it's time to talk about my raise like i've been working for you two free for two years and it's now now it's got to happen right now, now you we've built the company now you got to pay me a full-time salary and i'm like no absolutely absolutely and then my stomach is just in knots and i'm like well i'm not the guy that has the company that pays me a full-time salary and some other guy a full-time salary. I'm just some dumb shit drawing pictures in boxes. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. What happened? Like, the, I thought the biggest step I'd ever have to make was quitting my day job. Now I'm going to have to... Now I'm the sole income of a family. Like, what? That can't be right. I'm Don't put me in charge of that. <laughs> um, and that's, it, that's just... Fuck, man. That's so... Uh, the the gravity of that um, just gets me. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I, I go upstairs. Say that, yeah. Well, right. But then I go upstairs and I say to Angie, like, "What are we gonna do?" And she's like, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, it's time. We got. We got to. We grew the company now. Now it's time to actually pay Corey the salary he deserves. He's earned." She goes, "Okay." I'm like, "What do you want to do?" She goes, "Well, is the money there?" And I go, "Yeah, we're pretty sure." And she goes. All right, well, then pay the man, take the bread out of the oven, let's have dinner. Like, what the fuck is the problem? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> I said, okay, here's the problem. When I'm on Skype with my buddies, 
And Corey says to Brian Hurt, oh, you should come stay with us. And he's like, yeah, add a bathroom to that back room and I'll consider it. And Corey goes, yeah, we're talking about adding that, a bathroom to the back. And it's just expensive, you know, and I'm like, that's me. That's me. I'm paying for That's me. I'm going to pay for that bathroom. I'm paying for that bathroom. How am I going to pay for his bathroom? Oh, God, how are we going to pay for Corey's bathroom? <laughs> Well, first of all, I pay for my bathroom. Uh, no, I know that. But you can't, you can't, and I think, Jack, you've probably had to go through this as well. When Patreon first started and you were hiring employees, like you can't, you can't consider someone's personal financial issue your issue. I mean, you're, you're their employer and you pay them and, and how they handle that money is totally up to them. Um, you know, the, I, th- I think that at the end of the day, you know, Scott, we employ a lot more people than just me. I, I, you know, well, please don't remind me. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of artists it. on our payroll, uh, you know, and and <laughs> it's. It, but I, the I Kickstarter think, paid for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> a good a good portion of it, yeah. Patreon pays for some of it too. Um, but I mean, that's that's it, it's an interesting thing to consider, and and the gravity of having so much more money, and so you said you just added your fifteenth employee, Jack. Yeah, I mean, we're not trying to freak you out here, but. We're freaking out for you, man. <laughs> We're freaking yeah. out with you. Like, what do we do? No, I know. Let's I know. quit. Let's I, quit. I think, though, here's here's what I can, like, here's my solace is, um, um, and, and actually, uh, you know, Scott, hearing you talk about this, um, yeah, I, th- I think one thing we can also both say is, like, without the people around me, you know, without this without the people in this company, uh, like we, there's, we wouldn't be doing it right. Like no, there's, exactly. there's just nothing here, you know, like without Corey, like there is, it just doesn't exist. <laughs> not, know, like, not in its, not in its current form. No. And I don't want to go back to what it was. Yeah. And, because and, that felt, that felt like drowning slowly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I feel the same way. I, I mean, maybe, you know, like without, without Tyler and Cole and Tony and, and Sam and, you know, and, and everybody else here, like there's no Patreon. And, and part of my job, um, you know, I don't have to figure this stuff out. I just have to figure out who knows how to figure it out. Um, that's all I have to do. And so, so like in, in some ways, like I'm the stupidest person here and I'm, and I'm really proud of that. Like, you know, I just know kind of, the end goal and then all I have to do is kind of figure out who is smarter than me and knows how to do things better than me and then figure out how to convince them to join Patreon and uh and that that's really that's really the game that not not a game I sorry I hate calling it a game that's that's the the trick is like finding people who are better than you and then have then letting them do their thing um and, and so it, at the end of the day, it's not my responsibility. I mean, 15 people at this point, it already feels like an organism. It feels out of, out of my control. So while I say Sam and I, you know, technically and legally have control of the company and in practice, decisions come down to us. Like there are things happening every day that I don't know about that are affecting the future of Patreon. Like I just can't be involved in all the details anymore. And I'm yeah. trusting that all of these people have good intentions and, are doing what's in the best interest of creators. And thank God we have the people that we have because they're making Patreon great. Yeah, it's really interesting because, like, Corey is very good at keeping that stuff seamless. His goal from day one has made it to where all I have to worry about is drawing PvP and drawing Table Titans, and that's it. And it's kind of been like this goal pinned up on the wall and and uh, with a percentage by it. And he's always like, we're almost there. We're like, we're at 98%. And then we, then this hit, you know, we're almost there. But like every once in a while, there's a slip up and I see behind the curtain for a second and I realize, oh, 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 there's scary shit happening behind that curtain. Oh my God. (laughs) And then you just kind of see Corey look out and go, hey, don't look back here. And the curtain shuts. (laughs) And, and it's like, and then, and then I go, Angie, we got to pay Corey more money. He's got to say, keep me protected from what's behind that curtain. Poor, like every once in a while, like the an, man behind that curtain. <laughs> right. An email pops through. I'm ignoring Brad's joke. 
Sky mauled again. Sky mauled again. Sky mauling Brad. Like every once in a while, something pops through, and I'm like, oh, oh, Jesus. There's a lot of stuff happening right now that I'm not aware of. Just keep drawing. And then what do you do? Do you just, is that what you do? You keep drawing? Or like, how do you not let it freak you out? There is no way to not let it freak that's not true like no, but i mean for it, example it, it's always going to affect you it's just it's just varying levels of like it's learning to deal with that with that stuff you know what i mean well so my dad always used to say like one of the, one of the life lessons my dad taught me was when 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 brian and i would do something my brother and i would do something that was my dad didn't like and he would say okay i do not like this you need to be doing this differently right for example like you need to i want to see better grades okay and then, then you're like, okay, you come home with a with an A on a test, and you hand your dad the A, and you go, hey, you said better grades, check it out, it's uh-huh. an A. And he goes, this is great, but I'm not impressed until I see a persistent level of improvement. Yeah. Okay, that's your goal. I know this A is great. I'm not trying to take this A away from you. This is the, but this is step one on a journey that I'm looking to see. I want to see a marked thing of improvement, which is. Now the table have turned, and when he says, hey, I went and bought groceries, we're like, that's great. You bought groceries this week, and you didn't <laughs> wake up at noon and play WoW until 3 and then jump in the shower at 4. Um, we want to see a marked level of improvement. And so he's like, oh, God, I should never have said that to you boys. But so what I'm seeing with, with this is I'm seeing a marked level of improvement in me because I know that there was a time when if, any, if there was any hiccup with my sight, it shut me down for a day, uh-huh. if not a week. Just just the stress of, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to turn to. The portal is down. The influx of money is down. I mean, I'm, I, I would... And, and then when Corey came on, it was, Corey's going to handle it, but I'm still going to freak out. And now it's like, like yesterday, I'm like, there's something, something wrong with our site. Like... Like these little itty bitty graphics on the side are huge, and anyway, FYI, I want to go draw and think about Wildstar. Like mm. at the end of the day, Corey's like, "Oh, I know what it is. It's an ad." And if not, we'll call Evan and blah blah. blah. And then he's like, "Oh, it's I fixed it. I figured out. I fixed it." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just letting you know. Like I'm not freaking out." And I wasn't. Like I was like, "Wow, I am not freaking out about this." The problem with me is, um, and I know other people who are differently. Like, I mean, I only know a couple people that are in the same position, so. Um, I have other friends that have big companies, and their MO is, we don't want to know. Like, I don't want to know what's happening with the company. You just tell me how much money's in my bank account, when I can spend it, what I should be doing, and then I'll do that. Like, you run it. Just, I don't want to have to worry about it anymore. And I, that would give me a stomachache. Yeah. I mean, Corey Corey knows what to keep from me and what to let me in on. And we have big discussions, and he's very good at giving me the illusion that I'm making the decision. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) I think I got me. (laughs) This is this is amazing. I'm I'm so curious about um, your relationship with each other i'm wondering if you can kind of talk about the non-business side of your relationship i mean you you guys are so self-aware of your relationship um and and so it all boils down to one event okay so understand this is how Corey uh and i met i thought he was an artist that he worked for (laughs) (laughs) i came up to him at a con and he had jesus hair and a beard I because did, he was growing his look a little like Jesus. You look just like Jesus. You had super long hair and a beard. You looked like a hippie, and you're in the Oni booth. And I'm like, I love Shark Knife. And you're like, I'm not Corey Lewis. Ha. Uh, I am Corey Cassoni. I'm a marketing guy here. But I think that's how we met, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. What happened was Corey and I used to have. I don't know how we ended up on the phone, but we'd sit on the phone, and Corey would start talking to me like. Well, you know, when you buy a book, it's really, this is how you do book buying. You don't just call one printer and get a quote and then go with them. You buy, you call six printers and you give each other their quotes and you and you start working them down. And then there's standard prices and there's these papers and be aware, like always ask what their house paper is because if you print on that, it's cheaper and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, and I'm in the parking lot 
of a dry cleaner's tr- typing it all into my phone, uh. trying to get it all down. And he's like, you know, and this is how Amazon works. And have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? And, blah, 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 blah. and at the end of it, I'm like, oh my God, this is he's just like, he just cracked the Rosetta Stone for me. Oh. And then your first thought is, hmm, why is he telling me this? Like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? Yeah. Because it's the modern world and you're an adult and you're skeptical and you go, what is this fucking guy about? So then three months would pass, and we'd talk again. He was like, did you do any of that stuff? And I'm like, no, I didn't, because I don't, I'm drowning, and I don't have the time to do, implement any of it. And then he's like, well, you know, this and this and this. And I remember at one point I go, why are you doing this? Like, why are you helping me? Why are you telling me all this? And he's like, oh, well, you know, if your, if your book does better, then my stuff does better. And if, you know, everybody, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah, I have a, <laughs> right. I have a very weird – when it comes to art and, and entertainment, I have a – compared to most people, I have a super bizarre opinion of it. I, I'm very much of, you know, we should try and help all creators. And I think, Jack, maybe one reason why I gravitate toward Patreon and I love having you on the show is because I conform to that idea of, like, we need to help creators – they need access to these resources. They need to know how these things work. The veil between the publisher and the creator has been in place for too long. And now we're in a new era of technology where creators are capable of doing some of this stuff by themselves. Not that publishers and you know and studios and that need to, to completely go away, but they need to start serving a new role. And by uplifting the creators, we can uplift the art. And when we uplift the level of art, we're going to uplift all of community and all of society. It's a very like... like I don't know, sci-fi, hippie-based just way of thinking. But I've always been very like, we got to try and help all creators to do better, to make better art. So Corey would just talk to me on and off and help me, and I'd go home and I'd share it with my wife, and Angie's like, why is he telling you all this? And I said, I think he's like me. She's like, what do you mean? I go, I think he's just a dumb shit. I think he's an idiot. Like, I think he's like me. I think he actually believes this stuff like i think he is i think he's a romantic like me like he wants to help he likes my work and he wants to help me and he is not thinking about it and he's not trying to be cutthroat he's not mercenary he's i think he's like me and uh and so when Corey was kind of talking about well you know i'm thinking about leaving oni and there's this other company that is being started by Namco Bandai, and I'm thinking that if I went to work for them and came on for you, that maybe I could quit Oni and do this stuff that I really love, and it's a little frustrating right now because I'm, I I want to take a company in a different direction, but that's not where the company wants to go, blah, blah, blah. And so I said to Angie, like, this could be what we've been looking for. You know, we've for a long time been saying we need someone to help us, and I think this could be it. And Angie's like, okay, well, look, one of you is hard enough. (laughs) Two of you (laughs) is going to mean I'm going to be the critical one. And and that's just the way it's going to be. And I said, no, that's fine. And she goes, because... I know you want to believe in him, and I. And when you two get started, you're going to want to believe in the project, and I'm going to be the one that steps up and goes, show me the money. Uh-huh. You know? And I said, fair enough, but you have to understand that when you take someone on like this, you have to make a decision. And the decision is that you got to trust them. At some point, you've just got to trust them. And I'm not saying we're not going to make a calculated risk in other words there's going to be a little risk involved we're going to risk the time and the money that we're giving him right and he could be a total asshole and walk up to someone and be like "Eh, pvp you're not working with them you know then you're dumb shit and then you know i mean there's a risk that we're taking a calculated risk but i'm not gonna say okay to this guy and then not let him do what he does because that's the whole point and she's like no absolutely and I'm like, and we can just reevaluate in three months or six months or whatever. And she's like, yes, absolutely. And I always believe that when you hire someone on to do this, you have to do one or two things. And I'm, I might be rewriting, rewriting history now because I, it might have been Corey that taught me this instead of me thinking it. But either you tell the person what you want them to do. Like I say, Corey, here's our fucking mission statement. Here's what you need to do. Go execute. I'm going to sit here and draw. And then he does it. Or you say, I don't know what the fuck to do. And he says, okay, here's my idea, and then you execute it. 
mm-hmm. and you don't second guess them. It's got to be one or the other. So for me, it was you know, just throwing my hands up and going, <laughs> I don't know what's next. Help, please. And he was like, all right, tabletop gaming. We did one survey with your readers. They're all older. They've grown older with you. They have families. The closest thing I can categorize them is a geek family, and you're never going to lock up video games because Penny Arcade's got that. But tabletop gaming, you were you were there when the first D&D box came out. You're a child of the 80s. You, you, this is where we need to go. And everyone looked at me and said, you're out of your fucking mind. This guy is an idiot. And I'm like, nope, we're going. And now, you know, now I've got a comic strip that's two years, almost two years old. That's what, almost two thirds of the traffic of our 16 year old comic strip, Corey. Yeah. I would say another year, it's going to be just as successful as PVP. Wow. In three years, and we're, we're in a marketing partnership with the creators of D and D, and we're you know branching off into a spinoff comic strip, and you know the company's grown to a point where I can pay Corey a full time salary. As soon as we get that shit worked out, Corey's happy to be As soon as you figure out the bathroom, well, no, no as, but see, that's the thing. Like, so there was another pivotal moment where. Corey had been working with us for six months, and we had this ret- oh, stupid retreat in that place that was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I invited Corey and his wife out to this to a lake, this lake p- place. He was going to take me behind the lake house and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and do a Fredo on you. <laughs> yeah, I know it was you, Fredo. Uh, but it was one of those moments where I'm like, you know, we keep talking about things and this and this and this, and nothing is executing. And and Corey's like, look. Here's the metaphor. Here's my bad metaphor of the day. You're drowning, and I'm here to help you, and I'm in the water with you, and I am blowing up this life raft, and we can't get in it yet. I've got to finish inflating it, and that means getting rid of all your bad contracts, going through all these things that you've done for the last 15 years, figuring out where your business is, setting this up. Like We're erasing some mistakes. We're re- you know I'm inflating this life raft. Once it's inflated, we'll all jump in, and then once we're not immediately dying in the water then we're going to head to shore and once we get to shore we'll start making money and so it was a really tense weekend because it was angie's turn to kind of kind of you know we're like oh this and this and this and angie's like but you're not making us any money yet no no no, no. well but you're not making us any money yet well we want to do xyz da 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 okay but when does the money come and i remember stepping outside i got frustrated and i walked outside and Corey's wife was on the back porch reading and she goes what's the matter she could see it in my face and i go i believe in your husband and she goes oh he believes in you and i said i'm going for a walk and i'm just walking down towards this lake going that's not enough we're two idiots that just romantically believe it's gonna like work so <laughs> the kicker to that was Corey's like oh you know let me look at your old contracts because you never know who owes you money <laughs> we got a check for was it 25 cents yeah because Angie said during that weekend, you haven't earned us a cent yet. You haven't earned us any money yet. And I was very frustrated because Angie was just trying to be realistic, and I thought she was being negative. And so that check comes in, and Corey goes, so see, I've earned you something. It was like, it was like 30 or 40 cents. It was very little. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I, gotta say I, I know you guys actually, just, just hearing, you, hearing you talk about this, I can, I can tell you, you feel fortunate. Um, and that's awesome. But, you know, it doesn't, it, you didn't have to find each other and you did. And I hope you guys just realize how special that is. Um, you know, like, I feel like most people, uh, Jack, there's a reason why at Gen Con next week, we only have one hotel room. Yeah. There you go. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Most people don't get that lucky. You just don't get that lucky. And it's because we can't afford a second hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) It's because I won't pay for it. Well, I was was hoping it wasn't Uh, getting lucky. Hold on. (laughs) Before we lose Jack, I want to come in because we've been talking very, like from a business standpoint at the kind of the 50,000 foot level and the big overarching stuff. But I want to come back in to really close in. And I want to ask Jack, uh, in your opinion, Jack, is this the next step for all creators? Like, is it, is the next step what you've done or what Scott's done, like is the next step, find some business person to handle that aspect of it. So you can continue doing the art. And then is the step after that, 
you know, funding and growth? And is, is there ever a point in which a creator can just be satisfied doing the thing they're doing? You know, like does does Brad now need to go find a business guy or can he just be content doing the, the art that he's doing with the audience that he has? Um, I think it's like love. I really do. I think if, if you're looking for it, you're not going to find it. And uh, I, I don't know. It's it's the kind of thing where I wish Pomplamoose had found our Corey and we never did. And uh, And it's been, you know... Uh, most bands don't find their their managers. They don't find their soulmate manager. And uh, and you guys are are soulmate. You're a soulmate duo. And that's just I I don't I know I I don't think it's like something you can set out to do and accomplish to to find someone like Corey. I don't think I think most people will never be able to do that. Um, and uh, so so I guess. No, I don't feel like that's the next step because I don't feel I don't you know it's like it's a luck thing. It's it's a one in a million. You're 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 playing the lottery, and uh, so I, I think that the next step is is just do your best and run your own business if you want to be independent and you pay the price for being independent. But you also, you know, it's a wonderful thing. You know, I I wouldn't trade my independence for anything. So um, I don't know. Pop, Pomplamus, you guys aren't aren't handled or anything like that, right? Like you don't have no. Yeah, it's totally independent band. Yeah. And I and I think that it's important to know for people listening that that, you know, before we have the cargo cult of people searching for business managers, oh. like it's not it's not a thing. You don't have to you don't have to have that. These are and hopefully through this podcast you can learn a lot of this stuff. You can do majority of what I do, you can do yourself. You really honestly can. Um, you know, I nothing I do is that special. I've just learned how to do it. It it's I think that it's a it's a matter of managing your time really well and uh, you know and budgeting your, both your time and your money really well and figuring out how to find the balance between business and and creative yeah. um and I, would yeah. you say that's been a the biggest challenge for you guys with Pomple Moose Jack that's it that's that's the challenge I've, I felt like uh I felt like Scott drowning underwater getting tons of emails every day from fans and not knowing which ones to respond to because we can't respond to them all. It would take us all day and not knowing what to do next or where to print our album and how to book a tour and just all this shit that, you know, isn't making music, you know? Yeah. Well, and just uh, are we running up against the, uh, the end of the time that we've got? We are, unfortunately. I've got I a, think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want before we before we get off. I just wanted to say because I know you guys have done a lot with the site, and I wanted to say you you, know, you unveiled a new uh, look for your site, and uh, boy, I got to tell you, it, it had to have been tough to find somebody to represent web comics. You didn't didn't know you know where you're going to go to find a web cartoonist, and you did a great job. Awesome. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't me, but it was a good job. What? <laughs> 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 I'm talking about they. Uh, we were we were we were kidding around about Joel Watson being on the uh, oh Patreon.com on the, on the com page. Patreon yeah. cover. Yeah, yeah. No, that and, was a good choice. And even though it wasn't me, I thought it was a very good choice. <laughs> no, Joel's a great choice. He actually he used to live down not too far down the street from where I lived in Texas, and he he's like the perfect Patreon mm-hmm. cartoonist. Mm-hmm. He's he's you know working really hard to to. to support his family you know what i mean like he's got a wife and a daughter and he wants to be a cartoonist and he's going to do whatever he needs to to adapt he's got the established fan base that'll come into patreon for him i mean it's a good it's a good pick yeah i love uh uh, scott and fohawk perfect for a picture scott i think you made a joke one day that he was he's clearly drawing with his right hand and his left hand is out taking (laughs) a photo with the iphone yeah I tried to actually do that. You know how hard that is to do. There's Called a out. vine. There's a vine I made recently where I was just so happy. I had half of a s- s- peanut butter and jelly sandwich on my desk. I was watching the Rockford Files and drawing, and I'm like, I want to vine this. And <laughs> in the vine, I'm so fake drawing. <laughs> <laughs> like anyone that draws is like, he's fake drawing. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, guys, I gotta run. Unfortunately, right. Go, I always Jack. enjoy Thank talking you. to you so much. We love you, Jack. Thank, Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, b- plug your new album real quick because it just came out. Pop Blue Season Two. Booyah! It's out now. 
Uh, it's good. I spent a long time on it with Natalie. We like it. That's it. Wow. Good job. Well, next time we'll talk less about Patreon and more about Pomplamoose because I want to ask you lots of questions about uh, about uh, mechanical rights and doing other people's music. I think that would be a good episode. Right. Right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jack. Awesome. Okay, Jack. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It's always a pleasure. Thank you to all of our patrons. You make this show possible. If you like what you heard and you're interested in becoming a patron, all you've got to do is head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity. Check out our site. It's really easy to do. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget also we're available on iTunes. Just open your iTunes, search surviving creativity. You'll be able to find us there and subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you next week for another thrilling episode of Surviving Creativity.